Welcome to Paranormal Coffee Hour. We're your hosts, Jen. And Courtney. And we're pouring you a strong cup of the weird, the wonderful, and the woohoo. On today's episode of Paranormal Coffee Hour, we're going to be talking about the Mandela Effect. So, Courtney, I have a question for you. Okay. When you think of your favorite childhood story, the Berenstein Bears. Yes. How is that spelled? S-T-E-I-N. As in Berenstein. Yep. Wrong. No. Mm-mm. Nope. So according to whomever, they're telling us it's always been the Berenstain Bears. No. S-T-A-I-N. Nope. Mm-mm. I agree. I hate this. But ladies and gentlemen, this is what the Mandela effect is about. Oh, the Berenstain Bears? I don't think so. I read the whole library in school of the Berenstain Bears. <laughs> I swear to God, it's Steen also, but they claim we're wrong. Not on this one, bitches. So what is exactly the Mandela effect? Well, that depends on who you ask. If you talk to a psychologist, the Mandela effect occurs when a large group of people believe an event occurred when it did not. Okay. (laughs) You know, simple. Those were some good drugs, bitch. Uh Uh-huh. Supposedly, they say people can mistakenly create false or pseudo memories. And psychologists believe that this is the case when it comes to the Mandela effect. That's a lot of people having quote unquote false memories. My question is, why the hell do we call it the Mandela effect? Because uh, Fiona Broome. Who is she, Courtney? She is a writer researcher who coined the term over a decade ago. She thought Mandela died in prison in the 80s. Oh, so President Nelson Mandela of South Africa? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes, him. She thought he was dead in the 80s. And come to find out he wasn't, he ended up becoming president. He also supposedly lived until 2013. I heard that Fiona Broom could describe remembering the news coverage of his death and even a speech from his widow. And when she went to this conference, she asked a bunch of people this question about when did Nelson Mandela die? And there was a large percentage of people who agreed with her that said he died in 1980s. I believe it was 1981 is when they believed he died. And that they too remember a speech from his widow about his death. And honestly, I have a little bit of that memory too. I do too. But that kind of ages me a little bit. (laughs) She basically thought, okay, if it was just her having this thought, she could understand that maybe it would be a memory or a pseudo memory that was, you know, incorrect. But she found that other people shared the exact same memory. It's not like she fed it to them. She asked them what they remembered. Well, right. So that then goes on to say all of these people have a false memory. Explain that scientists. Yeah, I know. But This is where the term Mandela effect came from, is from Fiona Broom. And she is a paranormal consultant now. So she works on a lot of different paranormal cases. And I don't know if I would classify Mandela effect as paranormal or not. I mean, maybe. So let's talk first about some examples of the Mandela effect so that we really get a good understanding. Obviously, we talk about Nelson Mandela, which is the original where the term came from. But what else is out there other than Nelson Mandela and the Berenstein Bears? I refuse to call it Berenstain. Sounds like a pair of underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Those poor bears. Okay. So Kit Kat. Ah, yes. Does it have the hyphen between kit and cat? 
or does it not? I thought it had the hyphen. I did too. But according to they, I'm going to call them they because we don't quite know who they are, but we're going to hypothesize later. Which is interesting. According to they or them, there never was a hyphen between the kit and the cat. And this we discussed during regular coffee hour. It was not a rebranding. No. No, they did not rebrand. If they had rebranded, it would have totally made sense. But this is not a rebranding. They claim that this never existed and that any of us with this memory of it are incorrect. Bitch, don't tell me I'm incorrect. (laughs) Okay, Fruit of the Loom. Does it have a cornucopia behind the fruit or like the fruit falling out of a cornucopia or does it not have it? I thought it had the cornucopia. I agree. According to them, it never did. Where'd it go? I don't know. I got pulled away. (laughs) Here's one hotly debated one. The Monopoly Man. He has the monocle. Okay. So does he have a monocle, which is the eyeglass piece up by his eye, or does he not? Which somebody said they had the old board game, which did we ever decide how old Monopoly is? Monopoly goes pretty far back. I want to say 1950s or earlier. If Yeah, if not earlier. Somebody said they were going to go home and check this out. Did we ever hear from them? We have not heard from them. But I actually have a Monopoly game in that cabinet right behind you prior to 2015. So we should check and see. Okay. So does he have the monocle on my game? No, but he has beady eyes. Yeah, he doesn't even look right no, on that game. No trust whatsoever on him on mm-hmm. that one. No, no. He doesn't even look like the real one. Not at all. Okay. Here's one that is highly disturbing to me. This one's not right at all. So Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates or life was like a box of chocolates? Life is like a box of chocolates. I agree because even the grammar in the sentence supports it better that way, especially how he continues the sentence. But according to them... It was, life was like a box of chocolates. That doesn't even make sense. No, because what line comes after that? That one you got me on. I haven't watched it enough. (laughs) So he goes, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Okay. Right? But if he said, life was like a box of chocolates, you would have never known. Like, it would have changed the grammar in that next sentence completely. Wow. Mm, I know. But according to them... This was always, life was like a box of chocolates. Here's the next one that this is going to get hotly contested. Oh, yes, no. So Star Wars, Darth Vader, famous line. I've never even seen Star Wars, and I know this line. Okay, we all know it as, Luke, I am your father. Right. Okay, but according to them, that was never what he said. He said, no, I am your father. And the person that was at coffee hour was like, that doesn't even make sense. He's trying to, what was it, trying to kill him? Why would you say that? Right. It didn't make sense even in the context of the movie. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Crazy. This one is tricky. We didn't come to a consensus on this next one. No. Smokey the bear. The question is, is it Smokey the bear or Smokey bear? I always thought it was Smokey the bear. I did too. But according to them, and to some people at coffee hour, when we did this live, it was Smokey Bear. Technically, it was kind of a 50-50. It was. (laughs) And it wasn't even across an age thing. No. It was quite a mix. It was a mix. 
Oh, this one. This one pisses me off. This one I, burns my ass. Well, my niece is named after this line. <laughs> I've read the book. I've watched the movie. Both of them a handful of times. So, no. Mm-mm. Okay. So, what we're talking about is Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal Lecter's famous line, Hello, Clarice. Instead of, Hello, Clarice. They claim that he never said that. And he simply said, Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. No. I mean, I'm sure he said good morning, maybe, in a part. He did. He did to the people coming in the room that weren't Clary's. But then he said, hello, Clary's. Just to get her goat. Yes. It, like. I know. I know. A speechless for once. I guess we're remembering it all wrong. We made that up in our heads. I mean, I even annoy my niece by, (laughs) by, when I call her, when I talk to her, I'm like, hello, Clary's. Okay, this one really pisses me off, too. Queen, the mm. band, Freddie Mercury, the song We Are the Champions. Does We Are the Champions end with We Are the Champions? And then there's a pause of the world. Or does it just end We Are the Champions? So the thing is with this, I saw that it did originally end We Are the Champions, but then there was a live event or something that they added of the world. Okay. I don't remember where I saw this. And so people are arguing, no, it did get added. It wasn't originally. So I'm not 100%. Because I have one of the Queen CDs that has this on it. And it ends that way on the CD. Like one of those, you know how Michael Jackson always had those shows on when he had everybody together kind of thing. It was something like that. I wonder if they remade the song even and added that in because they liked it, which I understand. Okay, that might be a legitimate one where we're not talking Mandela effect. My issue is when people say, no, this was never a thing. Right. Okay. Oh, get my goat on this one. I used to watch Mr. Rogers all the time. So we watched was PBS. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So Mr. Rogers, it's a beautiful day in what kind of neighborhood? Is it the neighborhood or this neighborhood the neighborhood okay i agree with courtney it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood but they whoever the hell they are is claiming it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood when did mr rogers get like (laughs) non-inclusive mr rogers included everybody i mean he took a shoe off put a shoe on there's even a story of mr rogers that there was a little girl that was blind so he explained that he was feeding the fish for her because she wanted to know what he was doing oh see mr rogers would never have said it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood he was very inclusive on everything it would have been the neighborhood and even if he wanted to be even more inclusive he would have said it's a beautiful day in our neighborhood right Mm, yeah i don't know who they are but they suck amen so i guess the question and by the way these are only a few of like hundreds of examples oh there are so many Mm mm-hmm And one of the books that we're going to be working with today is called The Mandela Effect. It's analysis of a worldwide phenomenon. It is by a author known as T.S. Caladan. And I love this book. And I I laugh at this book all at the same time. It is a really good collection of different Mandela effects. But definitely the author's opinion is very apparent in this book, especially when he calls the Queen of England a bitch. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so needless to say, When did this Mandela effect start happening? 
Good question. We don't exactly know, including our notes as we've just gone through them. (laughs) So there is some theory that maybe it started with Fiona Broom back in 2009. Um, Our author of the book that I had mentioned earlier, he believes it. there was a wave of it that happened more so around 2015 into 2016. And I'm going to share with you why he believed that. According to T.S. Caladan in his book, Mandela Effect, Analysis of a Worldwide Phenomenon, he states, quote, Remember what the Pope said to the masses in St. Petersburg Square at the end of 2015? Pope Francis stated that end times were coming. And by this time next year, which would have been Christmas of 2016, it will be nothing like we've ever seen before. He warned us of a coming World War III. The Pope said that this could be the last Christmas. I don't remember the Pope ever being so doom and gloom. I don't either, but I also didn't listen to the Pope's That's valid. speech. <laughs> he also says, remember Queen Elizabeth's Christmas message in 2015? Since the beginning of television and earlier on radio, she has always addressed countries in her empire at Christmas time. Millions of people remember her grim, creepy statement for us to, quote, enjoy your last Christmas. She spoke of light and dark, that an evil malevolence has spread across Europe and takes hold more and more every day. This was aired right after Pope Francis's address. And basically, they said the exact same thing. And that one feels a little familiar to me. Reports even say that Queen Elizabeth confessed to the murder of Princess Diana in the first take of her speech for the BBC. She would never. It was redone and the audience never heard a full confession of the monarchy's sins. Here's why he states that there's a Mandela effect with these. A Mandela effect may have occurred because you cannot find the film, the tape, or any broadcast version of the Queen saying, enjoy your last Christmas. I tried to find the film and quote what she said exactly, but nothing can be found. You can find the same 2015 Christmas address with the same clothes, same setting, but there is no mention of last Christmas. Gone. Millions didn't hear her wrong. And the reason he said millions didn't hear her wrong is because online there were thousands of quotes saying, she did. I saw it. But now it's gone. So that you could then be like, um, the Internet isn't always true. You could be a French model on the Internet kind of thing. True. But according to T.S. Caladan, thousands and thousands of people had supposedly heard this doomsday Christmas address. They reported it. They talked about it and clearly remembered it. And he says, this is not a game. It's not fake news. We all saw it. We all heard it. But no, it's gone. Is this the Mandela effect? That is fascinating. So you hear it. Oh, man. And then you jump a dimension, fall back in another world. I don't know. So we're not even 100% sure when this started happening. And I guess the next question starts to come out is, why is this happening and who's responsible for it? So according to psychologists, they say we are simply misremembering information or we have incorrect memories. I mean, my memory is not that great, but way to fucking call me out. (laughs) Courtney, what supports this theory? They have a DRM, Dies Rodiger McDermott Task Paradigm. Bless you. I know. Yes, I agree. It's a simple method of inducing false memories. During the DRM task paradigm, participants read a list of related words such as zebra, monkey, whale, snake, elephant. 
After reading the list, researchers will ask the participants whether or not they recall a lure word, which is a related word that is not on the list. Usually, the participants will recognize the lure word and recall reading it, even though it was never on the list. Sneaky fucks. Wow, that's fascinating. (laughs) I think it's sneaky. What else have you found that contributes to the potential for false memories? They also have, it's called confabulation, and those are false memories a person spontaneously generates, often to compensate for holes in a person's memory. I think those are usually commonly found in um, neurological conditions, such as Alzheimer's, dementia, stuff like that, where the person isn't lying, they truly believe the false memory. I think we talked about this at coffee hour, didn't we? Because trauma can also cause that to happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the brain trauma and all that stuff. But yeah, it's not exactly a lie because they truly believe it. I remember the conversation about two siblings who had very different memories about yes. someone passing and who was in the room when they passed and who wasn't. And how the... Yes, we did discuss that. They're like, oh, no, she was hooked up to an IV. And they're like, no, she wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And part of the reason that there was two very distinct memories is because one of the persons had grieved that loss and the other person was struggling to grieve it. And so they wanted to remember themselves in the room with their parent when they were passing when actually they weren't. Yeah, they left. They were not. They were two hours away. Mm -hmm. So even traumatic experiences like losing a loved one can cause you to create false memories. Right. Partially because it's self-preservation. I also think it's a narcissistic thing. Yeah, that definitely can be too. So here's the thing. The University of Chicago decided to conduct a study with psychologists Wilma Bainbridge and Dispari Prasad. And these two psychologists asked volunteers to identify famous logos or characters based on their memories. They showed volunteers the real logo or character in a lineup of slightly manipulated images. So we're using images instead of words. They then asked participants to rate the confidence they had in whether their specific memory of that logo or character was correct. They found that people consistently had the same false memory, meaning the people consistently selected the wrong image as the one they remembered. In another experiment, the scientists showed participants only the correct version of an image and then asked them to draw the image from memory. People repeatedly inserted the same wrong characteristics from their own memory. Okay, I'd like people to explain that to me. Well... Here's what the scientists found. They said that there are certain images that elicit a specific false memory despite high familiarity and confidence. They specifically demonstrated that seven familiar images from popular iconography have low memory accuracy with a specific incorrect version consistently remembered across people suggesting that something about the logos was being misremembered by large numbers of people for unknown reasons. Do they say which ones they are? They don't in this. Frustratingly, they do not have a solid theory. I'm laughing as I say this, by the way, for why this is happening, though they hypothesize that people's minds are filling in the blanks from what they expect an image to look like. Or perhaps they just have simply been exposed to the wrong version of of the image somewhere and have remembered this. (laughs) My brain is already shitty on memories sometimes. Like, all I can say is, we just think you guys are all remembering the wrong version of this. 
every single one of them did it. That's the part yes. that I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so yeah, they have you draw the Monopoly man. Everybody puts in a monocle and they're like, so you're all remembering that image incorrectly. What? Oh my gosh. What the hell? Oh, I, I think that got us no answers as to why this is happening. <laughs> so needless to say, is it is it bad memory? Maybe in some circumstances, I could agree that it is. Absolutely. But when you have a group of people not even being exposed to each other, by the way, they're, they're doing this individually, and they're all doing the same misremembering of an item or an icon. How is that not something we should really be questioning? No fucking way. Grab the pitchforks and the torches because I no. Mm-mm. <laughs> Where are we going with our pitchforks? I don't, we're going to find out who they and them are because this is bullshit. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the theories outside of just misremembering that might be causing this Mandela effect. All these people say my brain's fucked up. No, no, my brain's just fine. (laughs) Every time somebody says that, you just be like Mandela effect. Yeah, no shit. No, my brain is another dimension. (laughs) My brain's just fine. You fuckers are playing with me. So outside of mass misremembering, some of the theories that are out there, this one is by far the biggest when it comes to what people believe is causing the Mandela effect. And that is a little something known as CERN, spelled C-E-R-N. CERN is actually the European Organization for Nuclear Research. It is located on the border between France and Switzerland just outside of Geneva, Switzerland. It was founded in 1952 and is known for providing world-class physics research with a focus on the atom. So technically, they could be doing good things. Absolutely. They're trying to understand atoms and, and particles. Here's where people start to believe that CERN might be causing the Mandela effect. CERN has what's known as a Large Hadron Collider, nicknamed ATLAS. The Hadron Collider is a mighty atom smasher, and it uses a ring of superconducting magnets to do so. Let's pause at that superconducting magnet part. What do we know about magnets when they start moving? Magnets can, oh, their energy can move energy. EMF levels go skyrocketing. Can you imagine that town? Because this is all underground. It is underground. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, they have this Hadron Collider underground. They have to. Do you know how far underground it is? It's actually only 100 meters under the ground, which would be just over 300 feet. That is not very deep at all. Yeah, it's less than half a mile. Those towns, oh my stars. Can you imagine? All I keep thinking when I think of this large Hadron Collider is Stranger Things. I still haven't seen it. Okay, we got to get Courtney to watch Stranger Things. Nope. So part of the reason this thing exists is because they're trying to answer what is dark matter? What is dark energy? Why is there more matter than antimatter? Because technically, there should be equal amounts. Which growing up, you always heard antimatter is like the devil's matter kind of thing. Well, all antimatter is, is the reverse electrical charge of matter. So if there's matter, there should be antimatter, right? And why is there not an equal proportionate amount of each? 
Yeah, that's a valid question. That's part of what they're trying to answer. So there are a number of physicists from all over the world that actually share this location from various countries. Um, What the deal is with this particle collider is people believe that the particle collider is changing the weather around the planet because of the large amounts of EMF it's giving off. And they believe that CERN, this location, is opening parallel dimensions that are causing the change in climate. Well, that's interesting. So when where I grew up, it was always funny because you get on one side of the swamp, it could be pouring or a blizzard-ish like, and on the other side of the swamp, it's sunny or they didn't receive any snow. That's how I picture it. Mm-hmm. This dimension, you got no rain and they're experiencing a drought in this dimension. It's like tsunamis and, you know, monsoons and all that kind of stuff. So kind of like the United States right now, how the West is in drought and the East is just a flood. Maybe we're in two different dimensions. Maybe the country's cut in half. Hmm. I don't know. Is Wisconsin down the split line? (laughs) Did we get split down the middle like an ass crack? (laughs) Some bitch. We are the ass figures. So the reason why CERN is also brought up for Mandela effect, and not just climate, is that if we are switching dimensions, could that potentially be the reason why we are remembering things one way, and people are saying that they are the other way? Oh, I have something interesting on that. Probably read it where I got this from. And it goes like this. So let's say there's an alternate dimensions on a line existing at the same time. Dimensions one, two, three. They're almost identical, except a few things went differently in each dimension. Then one day, I flipped on a large subatomic collider and accidentally ripped a big hole through space and time. Oops, my bad. Completely obliterating dimension two. Then I go home and act like nothing happened. But in this alternate 1985, where Biff owns the casino... Are we talking about what I think we're talking about, Michael J. Fox? I'm assuming. Realities one and three collapsed in to fill the gap. Now we have one reality slot containing information from three realities. And the people that somehow survived from two are just really confused as to what's going on because it happened instantly. We remember how it was see how it actually is now and wonder when we lost our shit because now we are crazy people who can't make up our minds on what we actually remember (laughs) just an idea back to the future (laughs) exactly but it kind of makes sense it does like drawing an icon that we supposedly never saw but we all agree on Mm -hmm. and part of why they think that cern's large hadron collider could open up dimensions is because of the power that that thing has. So let's back this up a little bit because it's been on TikTok a lot. Mm-hmm. CERN's getting a little pissed. They are. I love the fact one of their scientists is like, look, we're not running this thing just to change the name of stuff. <laughs> like, that is not our mission. So just so you know, but yeah, if you check out that app, you, you will find a lot of certain information well you'll find a lot of the the theories, theories on what's yes. going on with certain but you will actually find one of their physicists also on tiktok talking about what's actually going on according to her interesting mm-hmm. the final conspiracy theorists believe that human sacrifice is even happening on site at the cern complex in 2016 a video allegedly bubbled up on the internet claiming that ritual sacrifices were occurring at cern 
Supposedly, the video shows several cloaked figures walking around the grounds of CERN. It is believed the footage captured a young girl being stabbed in the chest by a cloaked figure. According to CERN spokeswoman, though, they claim the ritual was staged as part of an elaborate prank. Okay, I could see that being staged. See, now when you said human sacrifice, all I can see is a hole in a dimension ripped and they're just like <laughs> sucking them right up. I'm like, sorry, there goes another. <laughs> Not somebody getting stabbed, right? Right. Stabbed is so 14th century when you can rip a hole in a dimension and let them suck up. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think that was a, a thing actually going on there. <laughs> I mean, you can offer them to another dimension. Why stab them? And I think it's very important to note that you can believe in some things, but you don't have to believe in all the things that are happening. I mean, good Lord, have you listened to our other podcasts? Mm -hmm. So many of the physicists just say, no, look, we're just studying atoms. We're trying to understand antimatter. We're trying to understand matter. There was even talk about them looking for what they call the God particle. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. And they probably are doing all this. But they've that discovered does, a lot. That does not mm-hmm. mean that there are not consequences to what they are doing. Right. So let's talk about how often this collider is actually running, because it is not running all the time. So the most recent time that they turned it back on was actually this year on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. So 4th of July, 2022. The Large Hadron Collider got turned back on. And I will tell you from a standpoint of a businesswoman who's a psychic medium, I got a shit ton of messages going, Jen, why is the energy off today? It's such a strange energy right now. It just seems so different. Yeah, it did not help astronomically or any of that. But yeah, the energy has been off since they've turned it back on. Now, I can tell you one of the other times I believe they turned it back on was 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. It was running. So when we talk about some of those messages at the end of 2015, those creepy messages from the Pope and the Queen. But they also had it running, I thought, from 2012 to 2015. They did. And then they turned it off not long afterwards. Yeah, for a little while. And then they turned... It's been on, I thought, three different times, including 2022. Yes. And they have to turn it off, obviously, to run maintenance on it, things like that. But then they turn it back on. And it's not just for a couple of days. No, it's on for a couple of years. Yeah, we've got this thing running for a while now, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine? I would think that much EMF, the scientists must have headaches. Tenuous. You could not be as sensitive to EMF and work there. That's for sure. Oh, I, I know. And I have a picture of it actually sitting in front of us. And for those of you, unlike Courtney, who have seen Stranger Things, let me tell you, wow. look Ouch. this thing up. We'll try and put it on the Paranormal Coffee Hour podcast on Facebook site. But this thing legit looks a lot like Stranger Things and what they had on it. Because when we look at the show Stranger Things and we talk about a shift in dimensions, for those of you who've seen it, there is the the world in Hawkins that is normal. And then there is the upside down world, which looks just like the regular world. However, there's some very distinct differences. It's a lot darker. It's a lot creepier. There's like these weird particles floating in the air, which tells the characters that they are in the upside down for sure. So there's a possible explanation with CERN, but that isn't our only theory as to why the Mandela effect might be taking place. Oh, no. The next one is a little bit more conspiracy-like, but nonetheless still valid. And that is 
are the ultra elite. And we are talking about so wealthy, elite, high up there that you don't even know who they are. Yeah, they're even higher than Rockefeller and Mm -hmm. all the other bigger names. And they're wondering if these ultra elite have the technology, that they have the capability, obviously they have the funds to sort of start messing with the matrix. And if you're not familiar with the matrix, the matrix is basically like a computer program that is inserted into our reality. Yeah, it's like when Jim Carrey was living in his bubble movie. The Truman Show? Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, why am I doing this over and over? So they think that, and I say they, we're talking about people who believe in the Mandela effect. They think that the ultra elite might be essentially gaslighting us with the Mandela effect. But the question becomes, why? So if the ultra elite have the ability and the technology to mess with our basically reality and the programming of what we see and experience, then why would they be doing it? And just so you know, the ultra elite is from around the world. This is not just the US. This isn't just the UK. They're all over. Right. So the theory is this, the ultra elite need control. And if they are able to lower the vibrational energy of those of us who are not part of them, they can maintain control. Because when people are vibrating at a lower energy, they tend to have low feelings. They are easily persuaded. They're easily manipulated. Part of the thought becomes, why are they, you know, if they're doing this to lower the vibrational energy, how are they doing it? So once upon a time, brainwashing was kind of a a theory and definitely used. Brainwash people into believing a certain thing, and then you can control them. But what if their technology is so good now and so sophisticated that they don't have to brainwash anymore? What if they can just simply change our dimension, which would change the vibrational frequency? Whoa. Mm -hmm. And are we basically going back to like a dark ages? You think about when medieval Europe was in the dark ages. That was 500 AD. Not to say that they had a dimensional shift, but what happens during a dark age or a low vibrational energy is that it's often marked by lower economic, intellectual, and cultural times. There's a decline in those areas. That makes sense why everybody's so pissed now, because there's a lot more light workers coming. There's a lot more high vibing right now. They can't take that away from us. No, but here's the other crazy thing to consider. How do you keep people who are starting to raise their vibration or who might consider raising their vibration? How do you keep them low? You keep them in conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. It's like a smoke and mirrors effect. If we can keep you all arguing over certain things, think about all the damn things we've been arguing over, ladies and gentlemen, then we can keep that vibrational energy low and you're not even going to notice the crap we pull. And they've been going and doing it against the friends and families the last few years. They've been pitting friends and families against each other. Yes. Yeah, they have. Because that is the ultimate way of getting people to keep their vibrational energy low. I mean, we can talk about this with politics. We can talk about this with anything. You know, we're sitting here arguing over, you know, vaccines. Yes. And and it, while we do that, what are they doing? And it became a global thing. It was it not just... Think about coronavirus in general. I mean, that was global. It became a global debate. And now that that is somewhat 
under control. I say somewhat. Now they came out with monkeypox and that's starting to become global. I mean, even elections. You look at elections, not just in the US, but across the world. Yep. They've been highly contested and, and there's been debate in a lot of different countries. So the idea is if we keep y'all fighting about things that may matter essentially, but really in the bigger scheme of things, you don't really need to be fighting about. Like if we keep you fighting on this stuff, we can pull shit behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And keep your energy low and have control. These are what I like to call the puppet masters, honestly. Exactly. So that is one of the theories as to why the Mandela effect might be occurring. Do we have these ultra elite which are few in number, keeping our energy low so that they can retain their control. And are we seeing them pushing and pushing and pushing for more issues to pit each other against so that they have the ability to keep us in a lower vibration and keep those of us who are considered light workers from having as big of an influence? So the next possible cause of the Mandela effect might be found in quantum physics itself. Quantum physics does believe that there are parallel universes and that it is possible for you and I to exist in multiple universes at the same time. And there may be only slight differences in our existence in each universe that makes each of those unique. So instead of taking the fork in the, to the left, I took the fork to the right. Yes. Now, here's where I don't necessarily agree. At this point, physicists say these universes do not overlap, that there is supposedly no way that one universe is going to influence another, that they exist completely separate from each other, and that there is no sort of wormholes or breaks that have us moving between them. But I don't know, because here's the thing. The one thing we know about science to be true, they haven't figured everything out yet. And I was going to say, how do you prove that? Because quantum physics is probably the closest thing we have to woohoo science that is legit science. And it works a lot in the metaphysical because it works on a lot of theories and trying to prove them. So we know that there's different dimensions. We know there's parallel universes. Courtney, tell us a little more about the dimensions themselves. So they were studying the nuances of quantum theory, and they know that it can get tricky and um, how things behave contrary to what would be expected from ordinary matter. Quantum states of a system are believed to simultaneously exist in all possible configurations until an observer forces it to adopt one state. In the mid-20th century, the many worlds theory first speculated that multiple versions of reality branch out from one another as distinct entities existing in discrete locations without any interaction. This new theory suggests that all of these infinite multiple worlds overlap and occupy the same region of time and space simultaneously, just like a quantum state. All possibilities are therefore realized. In some universes, the dinosaur-killing asteroid missed Earth. In others, Australia was colonized by the Portuguese. That would be interesting. But critics question the reality of these other universes since they do not influence our universe at all. On this score, our many interacting worlds approach is completely different as its name implies. And this is from a new theory suggests parallel universes interact with and affect our own universes off of IFL science, which is pretty interesting because under this new interpretation, some worlds in parallel universes would be nearly identical. In others, 
the butterfly effect is responsible for completely different outcomes. Each universe is equally real. It isn't that one universe is the truth while others are bizarre copies or lesser in any way. All right, this is A Visual Journey Through 11 Dimensions by Ella Alderson and says, people of the time knew only a piece of reality just as scientists believe we know only a piece of reality today. We've explored the globe and sent probes deep into our solar system, some even traveling intrepidly towards our burning sun. Yet we are aware that out there in the universe exists an uncountable number of host stars and planets. Ice worlds, majestic gas giants, terrains we could never survive because our bodies haven't evolved to endure the conditions. And alien life. Alien life can be the stuff of dreams or the stuff of nightmares. At times we imagine them as benevolent beings which help us advance at remarkable speeds. Other times they come with the intent to kill. This is our reality. We inhabit an expansive cosmos possibly containing alien life, replete with strange planets and abysmal black holes. It is home. Anyone reading this now was born on Earth and will likely die here. Our technology has not yet advanced to the point of us being able to tour other planets like we tour other countries. But we're a lot more like those humans thousands of years ago than we realize. If string theory is correct, then not only do we lack the ships that can take us into interstellar space, we also lack ships that can take us to other universes, other dimensions that would complete the picture of reality. We are stuck here believing we are the only ones in a unique universe. But that may may not be the truth. String theory, which is an attempt to explain all the forces and particles of our universe, tells us that the true building blocks of our world aren't atoms or quarks, but instead vibrating strings that unify physics, two most used successful theories, quantum mechanics and relativity. That is, we are made of atoms. Within the atoms are protons and neutrons. Within these are quarks and finally, if string theory is correct, within quarks there are vibrating filaments of energy and we call strings. Depending on how the string vibrates, it will then produce a specific type of particle. The implications of this theory are incredible. It is the most promising unifying theory in physics today. Though speculative, we can imagine what these higher dimensions will look like. The visual journey begins with the first dimension. Dimension one is a line. This connects points that have no width or depth. Dimension two is flat figures with height and width. So basically drawings. Pretty much. Okay. Dimension three, all the spatial dimensions in which we exist. What we think of as our reality consists of three dimensions of space and one of time. In three dimensions, we have height, width, and depth. It becomes possible to take cross sections of an object. Dimension four, the dimension of time. This temporal dimension, along with our three spatial dimensions, encompasses the whole of our reality. The fourth dimension allows for change to occur in the three formal spatial dimensions. We now have space-time. Dimensions beyond this point are imperceptible. They exist curled down in such a small subatomic state that our best efforts cannot yet detect them. The idea is that before the Big Bang, all these dimensions existed in perfect symmetry. All four forces of the universe, electromagnetism, Gravity and the weak and strong nuclear forces were held together under extreme temperatures and pressures. When these conditions became unstable, the dimensions broke apart. The first four dimensions remain perceptible to us. The remaining six through seven do not. Today, these hyperdimensions are so small that atoms from our world cannot slip into them. Dimension five, a world similar to ours, it has the same beginning as our planet. That is, it stems from the Big Bang. There are noticeable differences between this world and the other. Our different cells make different decisions that result in branching futures. It is a plane of probability. 
So when we talk about people who say we're going into a 5D existence, does that mean like a higher level of consciousness then? Right. Okay. Dimension six, this dimension becomes a plane of new worlds, allowing us to see all possible futures, presents, and past stemming from an event like the Big Bang. Dimension seven, beyond this point, new universes may contain new forces of nature and different laws of physics. Their speed of light differs from ours. Universes here were not created by the Big Bang. Universe 8, all pasts and futures of each universe are showcased. This dimension may stretch infinitely. Dimensions 9, 10, and 11, all laws of physics exist here, even laws that do not apply to our world and would be entirely foreign to us. Scientists do not believe there can exist more than 11 dimensions because conditions become unstable and particles naturally collapse back down into 10 or 11 dimensions. The 12th dimension, for example, introduces a second time. While strings can only vibrate in 10 dimensions, membranes can exist at 11 dimensions. It is possible that our universe is one such membrane. It is at this point that everything comes together in one dramatic orchestral display. Everything and anything that is possible resides in the 11 dimensions. Every physical law, every world, every beginning and end, an infinity of universes ornamenting the multiverse. How do we know about these other dimensions, does she say? I did not see. But she did say, while string theory is a beautiful idea, it's also a complicated and incomplete one. There's no way of knowing if we'll ever invent the technology capable of making these other universes accessible to us. It would be difficult to wrap our minds around it, even if we could. So basically, everything outside of the 4D is theorized Mm -hmm. by quantum physicists. Right. Okay. Wow, that took some brain power. I know. (laughs) I don't know how the rest of y'all are doing, but I think now is a really good time to put down your cup of coffee and think about, is the Mandela effect a real thing? Are we just misremembering information? Is CERN and its LHC Large Hadron Collider causing some sort of an EMF ripping time, opening up portals and wormholes kind of experience for us. And that's why the Mandela effect might be occurring. Is it the super elite and their sinister plan to alter the matrix, keep us at low energies, keep us fighting, and keep us under their puppetry control? Or is it just simply physics, quantum physics to be exact, and that the fact that these things exist Even though quantum physicists don't believe that there can be universes interacting with each other, there still is the belief that there's more than one. So, what are your thoughts? Let us know on our Facebook page. And as always, keep it weird, keep it wonderful, and keep it woohoo.